0: The Olympics feature thrilling displays of athletic prowess. They can also take place beneath the dark shadow cast by doping scandals. And this Olympics is no exception. According to a report that reads like a Cold War spy thriller, Russian secret agents and a mysterious Moscow laboratory were used for state-sanctioned doping. A Russian athlete and trainer secretly filmed drugs being handed out like candy.
1: Russia accused staggeringly of using its security services, its new KGB, to tamper
0: with supposedly tamper-proof bottles, allegedly using this hole in the laboratory wall to switch samples. It's true. A Russian lab used a secret hole in the wall in an attempt to win Olympic medals, making this the first known example of a literal glory hole. (laughs) Look, we focused on Russia here because the details are spectacular, but they are far from the only offenders. In recent years, Kenya, Jamaica and China have all had doping scandals, and American athletes have cheated too. Think of doping like Vladimir Putin. It's far from just a Russian problem. It's something that adversely affects the entire world. (laughs) welcome to the sports law this is where you will get the law on sports with hosts the judge and legal analyst andy wood
1: and welcome to yet another edition of the sports law With myself, the judge, and alongside, as always, legal analyst Andy Wood. Great to be back, and great to bring yet another episode of this fine program to the folks.
2: It's great to finally be back. You know, we've been uh, a busy summer, I think, for both of you and I, judge. We haven't just been sitting back with our feet back. We've been getting ready for this mega episode of the sports law. Yeah, if you
1: want to trick the folks into that, you can uh, sell that. Uh, We've been, yeah, a little busy throughout the summer, We ended sort of our mid-season finale, if you will, with the uh, big O.J. Simpson. Made in America was coming out, so we put all our O.J. Simpson specials together into one big part, and that's out there as well on SoundCloud. This one is coming to you. It is episode number 14 of the Sports Law, and if you've been following us and following us on SoundCloud, iTunes, everywhere you can find us, on our Twitter as well. There's now a lost episode number 13, so we're going to have to release that at some point. Uh, We did make an episode 13, but uh, we want to save that for down the road as it was dealing with a lot of different legacy topics as well. So it's the the lost episode number 13 there, if you will, Andy. We'll probably release that at a later date, but this is sort of the kickoff to the second half of the sports law for 2016. It's been great doing the program, and uh, this is episode number 14. A lot of great topics to get to, hot topics when it comes to the legal battles in the sports world Uh, in our final segment. As usual, we bring you the sports law review. And in in that segment, we're going to talk about Leon Messi, who's uh, talking about tax fraud right now. The WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, they're in the headlines as well. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about an ex-Cardinals executive who's going to be facing some jail time that's all part of our final segment segment three and that's the sports law review right here on the sports law it is the law and sports our second segment as usual includes talk around a legacy topic and oh boy are we going back to the well on this one andy but there's more headlines this summer in 2016 around deflate gate it continues and it continues and it continues. I feel like I've said that on a number of different ep- episodes. but oh, maybe, the, if Tom,
2: maybe if Tom Brady's name was uh, Peyton Manning, this story would have been over a yeah, long time ago. But
1: Could have uh, went away. He's not allowed to hang with his teammates. Yeah. But we'll get into that as part of our legacy topic in segment number two. And here in segment number one, the hot topic that we, uh, I guess, deem as one of the major headlines right now involving sports and the law and a lot of legalities in this one. And that is the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio, just around the corner. It's about to get underway and a lot of hot topics when it comes to the legal world involving this, whether it be some of the Olympic Village stuff taking place, uh, some of the battles going on in Rio with the citizens. But we're going to start really and, and talk about the topic because it's Really, in the headlines because of some of the Russians and them being banned from this year's edition of the Olympics. But a lot of hot topics coming out of Rio and the Olympics in 2016, the Summer Games.
2: Yeah, a ton of issues here, Judge. And, you know, the one I want to just start with, you know, which I think has been the big focus over the last few weeks, is the Russian doping scandal. Western law professor Richard McLaren presented a damning report talking about statewide and state-controlled manipulation of doping samples by Russian athletes. Of course, a lot of this occurred in 2014 during the lead-up and during the Sochi Games it presents a you know, pretty damning picture of what was going on across a number of sports, including undercover agents, they were dressed as plumbers, urine samples being switched through holes in laboratory walls, just wild stories. The new Russian equivalent of the old KPG, they're even involved. And there has been some rumors that even the office of Vladimir Putin may have had a role in ensuring this. Uh, following the report uh, McLaren, that McLaren released... WADA, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency, they called for a complete ban of the Russian athletes for the games. We thought that was coming. I had a feeling it was coming, and the IOC backed off pretty quickly. They said they would let the individual sports federations Decide which punishment should be laid for the Russian athletes uh, on sort of a case-by-case basis And uh, we've already uh, seen that start to come down, right, Judge? Uh, I think we read some reports today that a number of athletes have already been uh, banned by the respective organizations
1: Yeah, 19 more Russian rowers have been banned from competing at uh, August Olympics in Rio And that uh, brings the Russian athlete suspended number up to 37 So a lot of uh, different teams with the russians affected when it comes to the 2016 olympics we mentioned the rowers there uh, canoeing and kayaking uh, a few guys involved as well and girls modern pentathlon and uh, also the sailors so uh, uh, you know sometimes you look to track and field really for some of these uh, suspensions and people doping and people on these uh, different substances but uh, getting it in all different categories from the russians the Russians want to win, and if you've seen some of the specials out there, too, of what they were doing to cheat in the past number of years, yeah, you mentioned it there, some of the uh, sneaky stuff that they were up to, and uh, they'll they'll pretty much do anything to win. I know John Oliver, we like going to him for yeah. uh, some of our source material, and uh, he did a great piece on this and how the Russians will pretty much do anything to win as well, and mentioned some of those things that you mentioned, like putting holes in. The ultimate glory hole to try and win for the Russians, right? So Uh, absolutely. um, But yeah, this is a big
2: headline around the Olympics
1: is the doping scandals and just how some of the uh, well, even
2: even the clean Russian athletes. I think we're going to be skeptical of any Russian athlete, quite frankly. Uh, You know, with the with the IOC deciding not to do a complete ban. I mean, it's hard. You know, you don't want to be that cynical, but. I'm going to be that cynical. Well, you'd imagine
1: as the Olympics approaches and they will be doing tests in and around the Olympics, it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes up in and around that because you've heard talk about the Olympics and the battles that, Rio's had to build half the things, uh, let alone, uh, you know, put together the proper group to judge these athletes when it comes to all those substances and such. So we'll see what happens there. Again, this is one of the big stories, the Russians and the fact that 37 uh, Russians have been banned from the Olympic Games in 2016. Some of the other headlines, though, coming out of the Rio Games, not great. Again, I I hinted to you when we were talking about this and how it was going to be part of the sports law in our episode number 14. Addition is that uh, it could just be one of the worst Olympic Games of all time, a disaster. But you also came back at me and said, "Ah, oh, they say that about all the Olympics." And uh, once they end up pulling it off, like Sochi, right? The Winter Games—they thought that was going to be a disaster. Athens in 2014, right? that They th- turn out the to facilities
2: be... aren't ready. It's going to be exactly. a disaster. And they're and, still uh, putting
1: coats of paint on. Yeah, and again, hiding the poor is a big factor here with Rio. Yeah. Uh, some of the uh, you know labor disputes as well. The citizens versus the group. With the, the uh, high-ranking politicians that put this whole thing together for Rio, the battle between them shipping their pour off to different regions of the country there's just so many different well, things the Olympic Village there's, is a big yeah one, there's yeah. complaints right now about Olympic Village and how some athletes have moved in and don't like the accommodations or have moved in and there's been a problem so they had to move out uh, I think it was Team Australia already had to move out so they can get some more electrical and plumbing done in there so
2: well, and, the mayor, and the mayor of Rio told the Australians he was going to get them a kangaroo to make them feel more at home that's a nice thing uh, oh, I know it's, it's a very, hus- very hospitable but are you still
1: coming to my side a little bit more where it could be bad or are you're just thinking that that's what we do around these games with so much money spent so many eyes focused in on this again uh, the
2: only difference I think you're right there Judge is the difference between Rio and uh, Sochi is Russia seemingly was willing to throw unlimited money at Sochi behind Putin I don't know if Brazil well, I I do know but you know where, where they where they find it I don't think Brazil has the resources that uh, Russia has to you know tackle these issues in such a short uh, time frame I mean certainly anything can be done and we I wouldn't pass the, put it past the IOC to step in and do something but uh, I think it's going to be right down to the wire I mean I heard I I read today that there was concrete in the plumbing like in pipes yeah. it's, it's pretty wild stuff i mean yeah, uh, it's stuff they, that we're used to here in the sort of western world i'd say
1: no and uh, the olympics for the summer 2016 edition in rio get underway at the start of august august 5th so still ooh, some time but uh, a lot to do in that time and another one is uh the uh, mosquito virus as well that's in and around this games. I know that doesn't really affect the, uh, the sports law here, but that's just another factor playing into uh, why some athletes are already saying no to this, yeah. and some athletes are scared to go to Rio. So uh, there's a lot of different things. Well, it's in and mostly that.
2: the it's mostly the professional athletes there that have, you know, I, I think in my opinion use Zika as a sort of cover for not wanting to participate in the games, particularly in golf where. Uh, the format is the same as all the major championships. I mean, anyone that grows up golfing, you want to win the Masters, you want to win the Open, you want to win the U.S. Open. You have no interest in winning the uh, the Olympic medal because it didn't exist until this year. So, But certainly the Zika concern, I think it's real. I mean, I'm looking at traveling in the next couple, uh, a couple of months. I mean, I'm certainly considering my destinations based on the Zika virus, and uh, if I were a young athlete, I'd be doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, so we've seen that and how that affected the Olympics. Again, that's not really down the line when it comes to sort of the uh, legal side of things. It's just one of those viruses that happens to be in Rio at this time. And again, yeah, different big-name athletes from both golf and tennis I've seen sort of turned away because of that. But in addition to that, they, there's other reasons to say no to Rio and because of some of the corruption involved in Rio and these games overall and again we kicked the the, the whole thing off with uh, talking about how some athletes have been banned from Russia already so who knows what other stories we're going to get out of this
2: yeah it's going to be it's i think there there will be more stories in the next coming uh, sort of months or i guess it's only weeks days uh, especially as we can, the international federations consider the ban on the russian athletes Uh, Certainly, I think we're going to see more and more athletes banned. It's going to be clear which athletes will be able to compete. And what Vladimir Putin and the reaction of the sort of Russian oligarchs are to these uh, actions, what political implications this may have, now, certainly, we've got a U.S. we've got a U.S. election where there's been allegations that the R- Russians are sort of leaking emails concerning the Clintons. I wouldn't put it past them to step up their efforts, their political efforts, to ensure at least some of more Russian athletes, than we suspect, will be participating in the 2016 Rio Games.
1: So we end up doing the uh, sports law over the Olympic Games in the month of August, depending how many episodes we have a chance to bring the folks. What would you say an over/under of uh, stories from the Olympic Games making it into, well, I guess the sports law overall, but also the sports law review, where it's really just a headline every week from maybe the Olympic Games and some of the controversy going on when it comes to uh, the Olympic Games and legal
2: battles. Well, I think we'll see at least you know five to six stories. That's your over/under con- on this concerning the, the certainly the topics that we talk about the sports law. I think it'll be after the Rio Games. Where we may see some uh, legal repercussions. I mean, certainly it's difficult to sort of commence a legal action or have le- you know legal action against an organization like the IOC. But I think, like the Sochi games, which were two years ago, uh, the legacy of that from a Russian doping perspective is only hitting now. So I think this is a story yeah. that we're going to have to follow in the sports law for years to come. As long as you'll keep hosting me here uh, <laughs> Judge yeah, exactly. on the program.
1: Heck, there's even uh, stories and different, well, we've seen it here on the sports law, headlines coming up from the past from over 30 years ago. So who knows uh, when the Rio 2016 summer games are over, said and done with, how many more stories will come out down the just road. Just means the from, people got to keep listening. From Yeah, exactly. Whether it be from the Russian athletes or just the games themselves, what took place to pull this off, we'll have to wait and see. As uh, That's uh, just a bit of our conversation about the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio and some of the controversy already happening. Again, uh, whether it's in Rio or not, we're still going to be talking about those Russians and them doing anything to win there. Yeah, I think, I think we little...
2: can say I think we can say more than alleged cheaters now. <laughs> I, I guess so. And
1: then, but again, you go to the past and there's uh, alleged cheaters always coming up uh, through the past, through the ranks. We go back to the German team of the 80s with different. Uh, Olympic teams that just uh, did anything to win. and uh, That's the question now I've heard. Should those East Germans lose their medals? Right, from the past. Yeah. So, again, still always talking Olympics uh, even though those are far in the past. Uh, we'll talk about them down the road if controversies come up. So that's our conversation there. Again, we have two more segments to go here on the Sports Law. It's episode number 14 taking place right at the end of uh, July, near the start of August 2016. Still to come, The Sports Law Review in our final segment. Some news on the WWE. Leon Messi. Some tax fraud. We'll get into that a little later on. But next, in our second segment of the program, it is our legacy topic. Andy's favorite, no doubt. He's got a poster of both the quarterback and I think a deflated football at home on his wall. And we're getting into Deflategate next right here on the Sports Law. It is the law in sports. It's with myself, the judge and legal analyst Andy Wood.
0: Got a question, comment, or even topic for the show? Tweet us at The Sports Law. From compelling sports stories concerning the legal side of sports to what the judge might have for dinner, we cover it all on our Twitter feed. Give us a follow, favorite, or retweet The Sports Law podcast actively on Twitter. The address again and the place to follow your sports law news is at the sports law. Hearts and Bows Boutique, where you can get the bow for those closest to your heart. From beautiful bows, headbands, and bow ties, the answer to your accessory needs is Hearts and Bows Boutique. From the very young to the young at heart, there is nothing like your own personalized order for the ones you love. For more information and to place an order, contact Hearts and Bows at hotmail.com. Again, Hearts and Bows at hotmail.com. And the best part, 10% of every order is donated to Sick Kids Hospital. Check them out on Instagram or order now with Hearts and Bows Boutique. media has been referring to annoyingly as deflate gate you know when the Patriots <laughs> played the Colts in the AFC championship game somehow air came out of some of the balls that they used and Patriots quarterback Tom Brady and coach Bill Belichick have spent a lot of time this week denying they had anything to do with that the NFL now is reportedly focusing on a Patriots locker room attendant they want to know if he did it and if he did do it why you know when there's a high, high profile crime all of a sudden a bunch of people come forward and claim they did it. Already more than a half dozen people have come forward and we'll make of
1: this what you will. I'm Kiff O'Shannon from Duxbury. On January 18th of this year, I followed the New England Patriots into Gillette Stadium. I gained access to the locker room and I squeezed all the footballs wicked hard. That is why the balls were deflated.
0: You know, I don't want to ruin the football, so I I just take a little bit of air out of of most of them, like 11 out of 12 of them, and and it does the trick. I am the locker room guy. I am the locker room guy. I'm the locker room guy. I'm the locker room guy. I'm the locker room guy. Now leave Tom Brady alone. Tom Brady had nothing to do with this because he was too busy being awesome. Six Super Bowls, three championships, two MVPs. The Sports Law, it's the law on sports, with the judge and legal analyst, Andy Wood.
1: Welcome back to The Sports Law, episode number 14 taking place during the final week of July 2016, near the start of August. The judge, alongside legal analyst Andy Wood, as usual. As usual, thanks to this band right here, Stuck on Planet Earth, for all the sports law theme songs. Just a great band. You can check them out all over the social medias Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. They got it all, and they are definitely happening. And uh, thanks to some of our sponsors of the program. Uh, we'll bring our uh, one of our headline sponsors as part of the sports law review a little later on. But again, uh, follow us on Twitter. The program is at the sports law again you can find it on soundcloud itunes and a bunch of different other avenues and uh, great to bring yet another episode here andy to the folks our first topic was the 2016 summer games and what's going on in rio really what's going on with uh, the russians and some more players banned from those games for illegal substances our second segment here we're going to get into our legacy topic and the legacy topic, uh, we've talked about it before. It's a main inspiration why we really got the sports law going, Andy. And it's your love for not just Tom Brady and deflated footballs in general, but Gate and the headlines around Deflategate. Uh, they continue in the uh, summer 2016, 2015. A lot taking place when it comes to this and this story. Some stuff taking place at the end of the NFL offseason, but then uh, some more legs have grown when it comes to this story and you're telling me that tom brady isn't allowed to hang with his buddies and his well his
2: buddies his teammates well they say that all good things must come to an end judge and it appears that the Flake gate it may be over this comes after tom brady announced on his facebook page that he would not continue with his federal appeal to the supreme court and will serve his four-game suspension as you mentioned judge his four-game suspension has been recently reported will mean he cannot be around a team facility. He cannot throw any balls to his teammates. He cannot be in any video sessions. Tom Brady is essentially persona non grata when it comes to the New England Patriots until the end of that suspension. So this comes after the you know Patriots QB's legal team was unable, unable to convince the other judges of the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit to reconsider his arguments. As you will recall in past episodes of the sports law, Brady lost a 2-1 to ruling earlier in the Second Circuit Court, who actually overturned the ruling of Judge Berman at a lower court level, which uh, vacated the suspension put down by Roger Goodell. They reinstated that suspension, and that suspension is one he will serve. This is a bit surprising, I think, from a legal perspective. Judge, I'll just throw in there, he had added noted Supreme Court litigator and former Solicitor General, Ted Olson recently to his legal team. The thoughts there were: where if you were going to take a case to the Supreme Court, Ted Olson was your man. But nonetheless, uh, Mr. Brady relents and will serve the four-game suspension. What do you, from a fan's perspective, what <sighs> do you think of this judge, the, this decision by Brady? A well, decision by Tom Brady just
1: it was quite the fight, and that's why it's weird that it comes to an end. And again, a year later, the NFL pretty much has won. I guess that's the uh, sense here. And. Uh, The New England Patriots QB will serve that four-game suspension because of the Deflategate scandal, and I I guess uh, it allows us to put the Sega behind us. But I don't want to put it behind us yet, and I want Tom Brady to fight because I don't like the way this all played out and how it all sort of got pinned on Tom Brady And, uh, again, he is the quarterback. He is the main guy with the football. But uh, a team, I feel like, was involved here. They were punished as well, New England Patriots. And it's weird how some people admit guilt and some people don't when it comes to this case and how it goes. And it's just like, you know what, I think Tom Brady is just at the point where it's like, this isn't worth my time anymore, NFL. Just leave me alone. And if a four-game suspension is going to, you know, Make me feel like you're off my back and I can just play football again once I come back Then uh, then I'll just serve it and shut up and and do my time pretty much That's the sense I'm getting from Tom Brady because that's exactly what's gonna happen The Patriots already talked about the uh, QB that might step in for Tom Brady Jimmy and, girl opera. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, oh, I just old butchered Jimmy. that name Yeah but- Garoppolo, Galopolo, yeah. He's he's. We're gonna have to how to pronounce it. Either yeah. way, it's about Tom Brady in this segment. Okay, you asked me about Tom Brady. Enough about Jimmy. Jimmy will have yeah. his time. We'll keep an eye on Jimmy when those four games come up. But it's just sad when you see one of their best players, their star, all-star quarterback. Years later, and the commissioner just going against him, trying to battle him for this thing, and years later finally just giving up and saying, okay, I'm going to sit on the sidelines uh, to start the season, Uh, and again, going with some of the other stuff that's taking place, how he can't talk to his teammates, can't do certain things. In and around those suspended games, I don't know. It's just uh, I I know it's a lost cause at this point, but uh, one of those hot topics we've always talked about here on the Sports Law continue to bring updates, and it's just like the NFL would not – lose this fight. The NFL would not give up. They lost this fight, the first round, you know, well they won it, then lost it, and then now won it again it feels like.
2: Well I just want, so from a sports law perspective and from a general law perspective, this fight deflate gate was became far bigger than Tom Brady and even Roger Goodell, just to remind the folks this, this was really litigated over Roger Goodell's power in the NFL CBA to be judge jury and executioner. And that's what
1: Tom Brady almost fought against, and that's why yeah, that he so won when, that when fight. So when they were going to the
2: up. when they were going to the Supreme Court, the thought would be that this was going to be this was going to be more about deflated footballs. This would be more about just the NFL. This was going to be about the basic rights of employees, uh, especially those under a collective bargaining agreement. Can a collective bargaining agreement essentially vacate any? right to fair process to due process a neutral arbitrator that fight ending is going to lead to a much bigger fight when the nfl collective bargaining agreement is reopened i mean certainly the nfl pa is going to look to reduce the powers that commissioner goodell um uh, from everything, from what history has shown us about Roger Goodell, uh, those his those powers are going to be hard to wrest away. I mean, he thinks he should be the only one to judge the actions of a football player, what's best for the game, what's best around the game, and uh, I think the NFLPA is going to fight him on that. It's going to be a real fascinating topic that we're going to have to we're going to continue to track on the sports law because. The NFLPA may take this fight to the Supreme Court without Tom Brady, which is a very interesting aspect of this uh, recent action. But uh, for Tom Brady, that won't do him any good because he'll be on the sidelines for four games. But
1: you saying that, I guess the Tom Brady angle will be done from deflategate. It'll always still be there, but... Uh, you're saying that there's a chance that we could still talk about the flight gate down um, the road. That there is a chance. I that think, gets you pretty excited, doesn't it?
2: I think they are going to continue to fight the Supreme Court. I think it's the Supreme Court only hears 1% of actual cases that yeah. there are, are brought in front of them to potentially hear. So the odds of this actually getting before the Supreme Court were low uh, prior to Tom Brady stepping away, and I think they're even lower now. So while it may not be the end, the end, the end, uh, I think, for all intents and purposes, uh, this is it for the Deflategate scandal. Judge, uh, unfortunately, it's been a great topic, and <laughs> yeah, I has got a lot been. of great new, great new follows on Twitter, especially around the, uh, the sports law. Michael McCann of Sports Illustrated. I think that guy's been the real winner. I mean. He's a professor at the University of New Hampshire. The guy's like a superstar now. Yeah,
1: and and not only that, guys like you. I'm really
2: nerding out here from a lawyer perspective. Well, yeah, but
1: guys like you and and a big reason, again, why we go back to we started the sports law was because of some of the conversations you and I had up at the cottage about Deflategate and the crazy things happening in and around Deflategate. Again, you said it there. It's over. The SAG is done when it comes to uh, what we were really interested in, the Tom Brady factor versus the NFL, Roger Goodell, the New England Patriots, Probably the best, if not one of the best teams in the NFL battling the guys that run the NFL. And uh, it's done. That's it. We're not going to give any more updates to give unless, again, you mentioned the NFLPA. But one thing I want to ask just as we wrap this segment up and the uh, legacy topic behind the flake gate. Now, Peyton Manning, he was exonerated. (laughs) Uh, because the league determined it had no credible evidence when it comes to him and the uh, Al Jazeera report and what was going on there and some of the uh, allegations against him, accusations against him, and uh, you know people attacking his credibility. And the NFL gives up on that and says, uh, yeah, we're not going to pursue that case. Meanwhile, with the Tom Brady side of things, and this is why we kept bringing it up and bringing it up, they ended up uh, putting together and issuing a 243-page report on Brady's accusations and looking for that evidence, whereas uh, no, there's no evidence when it comes to Peyton Manning. Funny though that the league is has has investigated in the last what two and a half years. They're two All-Star quarterbacks, like two of the stars. And interesting way how both turn out.
2: Now, well, I got the best thing to do. I just say judge is to go on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want. Seek out Boston sports fans and read their reaction to the. Peyton Manning news, it's classic. I mean, yeah. you, you know, th- that's the first thing. You, you want to have a good evening of laughs and <laughs> anger and motion, go on social media, check out the reaction of the Boston fans. And if, if you want to g- get a f- good reaction, you want to put a quarter in a Boston sports fan, bring up Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah. bring up Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning and just, dad, dad, just walk away and just watch them go. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's quite hilarious. It's
1: pretty but. comical, but uh, just some words that are brought up about, like, uh, I don't know, maybe the league being against the New England Patriots yeah. when they hear news like that. But, yeah, they go off, and they love their pats, and they love their all-star quarterback and Tom Brady, and uh, just like uh, Peyton Manning's team loves him yeah, or loved him. Uh, again, uh, it's funny, though. It maybe a factor in the Manning stuff to just let it go away is him going away, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's, uh, well, you know, again, Peyton Manning walking away into the sunset, uh, Tom Brady continuing his active career. And, you know, the evidence against, again, there's a lot of people say the evidence against Brady was was shaky, but uh, really shaky evidence against Peyton Manning. Although we don't know why HGH packages may or may not have been sent to his house, uh, I guess we could buy the explanation that it was for his wife. Uh, but the NFL certainly backing off, saying no credible evidence was found that Peyton Manning used human growth hormone and he can ride off into his Hall of Fame career right off into the sunset uh, with his super bowl trophy and his legacy intact
1: well they definitely left paint manning alone they didn't uh leave tom brady alone just like uh, donald trump was asking a few months ago as well andy so interesting the way both stories turn out but uh, really putting a
2: rap putting a bow well, there, were th- well, there the flake was, gate there. before I just, before we go off here, yeah. just a thought, there was a thought that if pre- Trump were to win the presidency, that he would have a Supreme Court justice to appoint, <laughs> and that could swing Tom Brady's way, or it could hurt Tom, Tom Brady, of course, is a supporter of Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> one of the judges in the Supreme Court, Justice Ginsburg, uh, not a fan of Donald Trump, so there was a thought that, that may have hurt, uh, Brady's chances in the Supreme Court, but who knows, Tom Brady just wants to support a guy, his friend, I guess, and, uh. It may have heard his Gate case in the meantime.
1: So there you have it. The end of Gate, the saga over. We'll see if more news comes out and obviously update you on it. But really, coming to an end when Tom Brady's uh, not going after the Peels anymore and just serving his suspension will be a hot topic to kick off the NFL season. We'll bring it up again there, but we don't have to go over the entire story again. And again, that is the legacy topic for the Sports Law episode number 14. One more segment to go here, and it is the Law Review it's coming up after a short break right here on the Sports Law. It is the law on sports. It's with myself, the judge, and legal analyst, Andy Wood.
0: The Sports Law Podcast. It is the law on sports, and it's all over the social medias. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the sports law. Also, follow us on Twitter at the sports law and you can always get a hold of us by email at the sports law at gmail.com hey it's 2016 so stay connected stay tuned and always stay up to date when it comes to both the law and sports the sports law podcast we have your social medias cover that's what i thought steve <laughs> And Lesnar. Not oh, here, he he down. Down and we go. stone cold! Puts the punch! Austin Lesnar! Exchanging blows here on SmackDown! That's Wallace Austin! SmackDown Lesnar! Fox trouble! first oh. off the steel post! Oh my god! Stone cold Steve Austin taking it to Lesnar! Oh Some serious impact into that ring post! oh, uh oh, wait a minute! The Sports Law. It's the law on sports. With the judge and legal analyst Andy
1: Wood. Oh, don't walk away just yet. One more segment to go here on the sports law. It's the law on sports. It's with myself, the judge. And legal analyst Andy Wood, the big voice man, got it right yet again. Pates, thanks for doing that. Thanks to this band, Stuck on Planet Earth. Thanks to Hearts and Bow's Boutique as well. Our social medias, make sure you uh, follow us on there, but also here in our final segment of the program, a bunch of different hot topics to bring your way. Some of the headlines in the sports world when it comes to the law. And we have a title sponsor as always when it comes to the sports law review.
2: That's right, Judge. The sports law this week is brought to you by our friends at Grow Construction. Grow Construction is Muskoka's Supreme-year Custom Home and Cottage Building Company. Your dream cottage or home is just one phone call away, and that phone call is to Trevor Grow, founder and partner of GrowCon. He can be reached at 705-787-8862. That's 705-787-8862 or T at Hotmail.ca. Grow construction Muskoka's premier custom home and building company. And let's get right into the sports law review here, Judge, and the world of professional wrestling, something we don't talk about a lot here on the sports law, but there is a bit of an intersection because Brock Lesnar, who was on loan from the professional wrestling company to the Ultimate Fighting Championship to fight Mark Hunt at UFC 200, it came out he failed an out-of-competition doping test Prior to the fight, it was but this was revealed after his July 9th victory. Lesnar, who is aged thirty-nine and took a four and a half year hiatus from MMA, also failed a second sample taken on the night of the victory. TMZ has just recently reported that WWE will not punish Lesnar for his positive tests as his part-time status exempts him from the company's wellness policy. This comes after one of the company's top stars, former world champion Roman Reigns, was recently suspended for 30 days by the company. In our second WWE story of the week, legendary founder Vince McMahon and the company were slapped with a lawsuit in the U.S. District Court in Connecticut by 53 former... Wrestlers who, similar to the NFL allegations, allege there's a link between wrestling-related head injuries and and CTE, which we've broken down on previous episodes of The Sports Law. Among the plaintiffs in the suit is Jimmy Superfly Snooka, who actually was recently in the news after he was ruled not mentally competent to stand trial for murder charges involving the death of his then-girlfriend in 1983. Other plaintiffs include Joe Laurinaitis, who wrestled as Road warrior animal, King Kong Bundy, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff.
1: Not Mr. Wonderful, Andy. Anyone but Mr. Wonderful involved in this lawsuit. And are you telling me Brock Lesnar was on steroids this that's whole shocker. time? Shocker. Oh, boy. Allegedly.
2: It, we're still waiting
1: for the yeah, results. That's true. He's got due process. Allegedly. And uh, I guess when it comes to the UFC and that side of things, uh, that's definitely a legal story, a legal battle. But uh, on the side of the WWE and him doing steroids in the WWE, I'm not sure if uh, their wrestlers do steroids, do they?
2: <laughs> they're not. <laughs> no. They're, they're not. Well, there is. You know, there is a, not
1: supposed to. Yeah.
2: But there's a comprehensive wellness policy that WWE now. did have to put in for situations like the concussion lawsuit, where you know they really have to take a role in trying at least trying to take care of these ex wrestlers. I mean, one point from a legal perspective, and we could do a whole legacy topic on this, is WWE wrestlers are actually independent contractors, so they're not employees, so they typically don't have a pension. They don't get a lot of health benefits. It's uh, it's really a crazy, crazy profession in the world of, we'll call it, we'll bring them into the world of sports for this topic. So we could, we could again, do a whole episode on the rights of WWE wrestlers and uh, yeah, whether they're doing steroids or not. I mean, I think it's pretty clear in Brock Lesnar's case. He was looking pretty juiced yeah, <laughs> for that MMA times. fight.
1: Let alone... Uh the CEO himself, the president there, when you're talking about the founder, Vince McMahon. Six, and Sixty-something-year-old
2: man yeah, looking yeah. jacked.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. He's been involved in the ring as well. Uh, we move on to our second story here in the Sports Law Review, and it comes out of the MLB, and it involves some hacking. As former St. Louis Cardinals scouting director Chris Correa was sentenced to 46 months in prison by Judge Lynn Hughes, and he now must pay over $279,000 in restitution after he was charged with actions that took place during 2013-2014 to 2014 when he accessed confidential information and in databases and online of the Houston Astros. Uh, now this is where former Cardinal employee Jeff Lunau is now the team's general manager. It is. Uh, it had been speculated that Korea had accessed Lunau's credentials as well, and he used them when he was working for the Cards. So, an interesting story here, and there's even more news uh, out of Sports Illustrated with uh, Michael McCann talking about this too, right, Andy?
2: Yeah. As, as I mentioned, he provides you know great analysis as he always does on these sports law topics, but you know he, he does a nice breakdown which i don't think i could do justice here of why the sentence is significantly longer in this case than recent cases in the news that seem to be significantly worse for example former stanford swimmer brock turner only received 6 months in jail for sexually penetrating an unconscious 22 year old woman uh, essentially why the why the heavy sentence for korea i mean the us they take sort of online uh, so we'll call it espionage, uh, even on a corporate level, extremely seriously. They don't like these actions, and they uh, they carry massive punishments, even decades in prison if you uh, get caught uh, on many counts. So uh, that is an interesting story. I encourage the folks to go look up Michael McCann's story on that. He does provide a, breakda- a great breakdown. And our final story here this week uh, Lionel Messi the of course legendary Barcelona and Argentinian soccer star was sentenced to 20 month 21 months in prison for his role in a tax fraud case which his dad was also involved in luckily for him he's not expected to spend any time behind bars based on the laws in spain however there is thought that this could affect his status as a barcelona player whether he wants to stay in the country or whether he wants to return to argentina Uh, he of course is one of the biggest soccer stars in the world uh, Barcelona has supported Messi and his family through this and it's going to be interesting to see the long term implications of this uh, for such a massive star such as Lionel Messi and that concludes our Sports law Review this week again brought to you by Grow Construction give Trevor a call at 705-787-8862
1: well, good to see uh, Leon Messi won't be uh, spending some time in jail, but interesting, yeah, that uh, tax fraud story. And again, that's going to do it for the Sports Law Review, Andy, but that's also going to do it for yet another episode of the Sports Laws. Great to be back for the fine folks out there, for our listeners tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it each and every week. And. Each chance we have to make an episode. This was episode number 14. And again, we took a bit of a break after our O.J. Simpson made in America and a lot of talk around the O.J. Simpson special. But uh, we came back in a big way here in episode 14, the sports law review right there. The flake our legacy topic, really uh, concluded in episode number 14 of the sports law. That's over with. But one thing we're keeping a close eye on, our hot topic of episode number 14, and that is the Rio 2016 summer olympic games we'll be keeping a close eye on that and some of the stories coming out of that and whether it be russian athletes german athletes canadian athletes american athletes whoever is uh in and around those stories and some scandal coming out of that we will bring that to you over the next few weeks andy great to have you back and uh, finally great to catch up with you when it comes to the sports law but uh, yeah good to find you and uh have some fun this week here on the Sports
2: Law. Absolutely. Always great to be here. Always great to bring the folks the great stories in sports law. Again, the real Olympics is going to provide us with tons of stories. The NFL season just around the corner. I mean, we saw Josh Gordon. We didn't even talk about Josh Gordon. We didn't talk about Johnny Manziel uh, with so many stories to catch up on. Uh, we got to do this more regularly because... Uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a busy NFL season, even beyond our friend, our story, our favorite story, our friend, Gate. Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, that one's over with, so now we move on. I guess you take your posters off the wall when it comes to
2: that deflated. Put my football Josh Gordon and, poster up now.
1: I guess so. What about your uh, Brock Lesnar poster? You're keeping hey, that. We one weren't up?
2: supposed to tell the folks about that. <laughs>
1: okay. I guess you're taking that one down as well. Again, it's been a real pleasure. Bringing you yet another episode of The Sports Law. It was episode number 14 taking place during the final week of July, right near the start of August. A lot more headlines to come your way in the coming episodes. Again, it's a real pleasure to do this for the listeners, for the fine folks out there. It's been with myself, the judge, and legal analyst Andy Wood. It is The Sports Law. It's where you get the law on sports.